Hi, we are back with another episode, and as you know from the last one, we're going to be focusing on mental health with black men and men of color, um, just because there's a lot been happening. So I got a few of my friends and the homies to come and talk about some of the things that's happening. So without further ado, Jacob, what's up? Yo, what it do? Now, I'm like, this is your first episode on the, on, on the podcast. This is, this it's is. Thank you for having me. Now. What's up? What's going on with you? Talk to the people. Let them know who you are. Uh, so what's up? My name is Jacob, uh, Stanford CT, born and raised. Um, what's going on with me right now? You know, I'm in a bit of a transition period in life. Um, I was moving around a lot for the last like year and a half. Um, so I just got back to Stanford and I'm just like, you know, trying to save money, trying to figure out my next move, taking it day by day, pretty much. How did it feel to be away from home? I know I had my experience, but like, what was your experience like? Um, honestly, it was, it was pretty good because, um, you know, I remember my favorite part of being at college was just having my own freedom like being my own person like not having necessarily to answer to anybody um so like when I was like an actual adult and I was actually gone and I was actually like obviously like adulting and building shit is whack but like at the end of the day it's like I could come and go and I talk to nobody I could leave the house and then I don't have to worry about oh what time am I coming back am I making too much noise but but that was that was yeah. good. It was it was pretty good. It was a good experience. I think my favorite. I think for real, for real, my favorite part of like being gone was the fact that like you could just come and go as you please. Nobody had nothing to say. But I also mm. like, I was away. I wasn't like by myself. Like I was by myself, but like I had roommates and stuff. Um, the aspect of like <laughs> she really coming here at two o'clock in the morning making all that noise. But I still was by myself. Like, we were adults about it. We didn't give a fuck. But I also got to see, like, where my mom would come from. Like, you coming in here at 2 o'clock in the morning? It's mad loud. Yeah. That aspect of it would be funny to me. But I think I think it's important for for Black people to get away. Not Black people, but, like... Hometown. Come back. Yeah. I think that of things is truly important. Um, it's more than... How far away from home are you? So, I initially was in Pennsylvania, um, Central PA. So, it's like four-hour drive from here. And then from there, I was actually living in California for a bit. Um, and then I ended up coming back like literally two days before Thanksgiving. So yeah, I've been back ever since. What was what's that part of the country like? It was really cool. So I was in the Bay Area. Um and it was it was really cool. First my first thing is like so you know, growing up around here and being in such close proximity to the city, like I'm so used to like living like where I live looking a certain way and it was like sort of the same thing when I was in Pennsylvania but like in Pennsylvania they do have like mountains and stuff but you gotta like drive to see it I was in the Bay Area like look out your window like there's like mountains and hills and like 
vistas and shit. It's like, like maybe it was just like me being touristy, but like every time I looked out the window, we were driving somewhere, like I found another view and I was like, wow, like this place is gorgeous. Like regardless of the time of day and especially like around the sunset, because the sun is it's the west, so the sun would set over the water. So you would see like as the day goes on, the sun rises over the hills and then like later and later and then it like sets out over the bay like you could see all the all the lights and like how it reflects off the water and then it was it was gorgeous it was gorgeous i must say though the cost of living is crazy like compare like help us understand okay so you know how gas is like 50 million dollars right now when I when I first went out there, which was August, yeah, when I first went out there, which was August, the first gas station I saw, um, and the family I was staying with, extended family, he was just like, "Oh, gas is low." You know what was low over there? Fifty million dollars. Four dollars and thirty cents was low. Get the fuck. In August, and I don't even want to. Is that much right now? For- right. <laughs> Right, I was like, "Oh, nah, nah, Bay Area is different." So obviously, because we have a topic at hand, compare your mental health as an adult here and there. Um. Hmm. So I feel like that more so depends on like time because I feel like for example like before I left before I left Connecticut the first time when I was going out to Pennsylvania uh, I was I would say worse off mentally than I am now that I'm back here but like my perspective on being back here is different than when I was still here I don't know so like when I was still here before I left, I was just like, man, I can't wait to leave. I can't stand this place no more. I'm out. I'm tired of this shit. And now that I'm back here, I'm just like, you know what? I'm back. Fuck it. Let's let's make moves and let, let's keep it going. Like I'm not as hostile about this environment. Um, I because th- I feel like it's a lot about change. Like I like like I said over the last like year and a half or so, like a lot has changed in my life. A lot has gone on. So I've been going through a lot of different things mentally. Um, so I say it's more about time than location, person. So, do you feel like because I know for me sometimes I struggle, I don't want to say struggle, maybe that's not the word, but like, like right now, Connecticut, as it's ghetto outside, it's not yeah. as cold as it could be, but it's pretty cold, and like sometimes I'll be like, like it's cold. And I don't want to do anything, and I'm just, I don't want to say depressed, because it's not necessarily depression, um, <laughs> like, discouragement. Yeah. Like, uh, it's hardball outside, I don't want to do anything. But in the in the spring, when it's nice, and in the summer, I'm like, I go crazy. So do you feel like, like, obviously the timing of everything that had happened plays a part, but do you feel like you were able to bounce back um, more so on this side of the country than on that side of the country? Do you feel like being away was your like a, a breaking point not a breaking point but like a healing a part of your healing journey for you yeah absolutely um 
I will say the fact that the weather is nice pretty much all the time is a very, very good plus for for being on the West Coast because weather was rarely like bad. I think there was one bad weather day, but it was like a storm was rolling through the area. So like that was it. And it was like one day of heavy rain and cloudiness. And then next day it was just like and not a single cloud in the sky. So that was great. But um shit, what was the question? I'm slow, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel like you were able to like because the weather was so nice, do you feel like that that played a part in your healing journey? Um, you know, it's crazy. I'm actually asking these questions before I allow you to tell your story, which is funny, but y'all know that's the type of woman I'm like, I am, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't know if it necessarily, if it did play a part, it was pretty minor. I don't think that, um, weather really affects me as much, um, one so one thing that people who know me know that I think in in music lyrics and one one thing that always pops up when it comes to weather is this uh, 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 a lyric by uh, Isaiah Rashad he said my mama taught me better you can't count on people you can't count on weather and that's just something I always think about like so weather doesn't necessarily bother me I mean obviously I check it every day if I'm like I'm doing something but it's just like it doesn't unless it's raining rain makes my my surgeries hurt i've had surgery twice and whenever it rains i just start aching but like other other if it's not going to affect my day-to-day then i I would say weather doesn't necessarily affect me as much gotcha gotcha well now that we've foreshadowed and stuff like that we can jump back into the actual (laughs) way of things how what does mental health to you? What does that mean to you? Hmm. What does mental health mean to me? I can I can sum it up in one word, sort of, but it, it makes more sense to me person just based on my personal journey. I would say clarity. Um, Reason why I say clarity is because I feel like for the longest time I thought I knew who I was and then life happened and I realized I didn't and the past few years I've been trying to figure that out and I feel like now I'm more so coming into who I am. Like I feel like I have a lot more clarity as to who I am and what what I what I go through on a daily basis and how I can maximize me. So um in my in my mental health journey, I think clarity is like the biggest thing. Just because I feel like once you know who you are. You, you can you can go from there because if if you're not sure you know about yourself or or in like social situations or thing like that then you don't know how to necessarily maneuver but if I if I wasn't as confident in who I am right now I don't think I'd, I'd even sign up to do this podcast honestly like a year ago if you had asked me to do this I'd be like hell no, I'm not doing it. like 
But why? Claire. Why have you done it? Um, she said, "Dig deep." Oh shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, why wouldn't I have done it? So, like, uh, okay. So she she walking go deep. So I I describe myself as an extroverted introvert. What I mean by that is, I like I'm with people that I'm really close with. They know I'm a weirdo. I never stop talking. You talk. You get me talking about sports or video games. We will be here forever, right? And I'm like always like pretty happy and joyful and shit like that. But if I don't know you, if I just met you, you would probably think I'm a pretty quiet guy. I'm kind of standoffish. I have the male equivalent of resting bitch face. <laughs> um. So. I, I tend to be pretty private in, with myself and my thoughts and things like that. Um, mainly because, especially in, in recent years, I just, I wasn't sure of myself in, in many aspects. So, you know, if I'm not sure of myself, how, how can I go on a podcast and talk about mental health where, when I don't even know what my mental health is like? So, I mean, uh, so that's what that, brings it back to the clarity again like I'm, I'm a lot more sure of myself so here I am how did your childhood <laughs> like in, in your as a child were you able to like be what did what did those things look like for you as a child and, and yeah. like, just talk about mental health and depression and, and stuff like that so as a kid um I was quite expressive because that's just naturally who I am. So it goes back to the reason why I say I'm an extrovert or introvert. I'm naturally an extrovert, but growing up, me being extroverted was, I wouldn't say always, but it was frequently met with friction. Um, in what ways? Because, you know, I wasn't always, Say again? I said in what ways? Um... You know, I wasn't, like, the most socially gifted kid, so, like, I would try to, like, make friends, and then people would just be like, oh, my God, you're so annoying, get away from me, or, like, I would try to crack jokes, and, like, if they wouldn't hit, people would look at me crazy, or I'll just be myself, just chilling, and people like, oh, my God, you're so weird. So, like, you know, I learned, I learned to start keeping myself to myself, uh, in that way. Um, and then I think that ended up working both to my advantage and my detriment. I think that through those experiences, I've learned, okay, what parts of how, what parts of me can I express in this social situation versus that one? But I do also think it hurt me a lot because I just became like super like closed off and like I didn't really engage with like certain emotions or certain feelings because it was just like well you know nobody's really gonna listen nobody wants to nobody really fucks with me like that so i'm gonna just keep it to myself and keep it pushing um especially especially uh, especially at home like uh you know my my parents are immigrants um born and raised in haiti they came to america like early 90s and 
they're just typical stubborn ass Haitians, like <laughs> my way or the highway. So it's like me and my parents like butt heads a lot, like to this day. So you know that that I feel like that also played a major role in me just being like, you know, I'm gonna just keep everything to myself because like, who am I gonna talk to? Only got me, right? So there's no point. So, did you grow up with both of your parents in the same household, or just both, like, just co-parenting? Um, so, sort of co-parenting. So, my parents were together from when I was born to I was, like, seven or eight, and then they split up. And then, um, a few years later, my dad got remarried. And then, um, yeah, so, uh, ever since I was, like, seven or eight, I've been, like, going back and forth between um, my dad's house. I've always lived with my mom, but I would, like, go to my dad's house every now and then. Um, yeah, I mean, they didn't... Like, obviously, like, my dad, my, my parents talked to each other, but, like, they didn't necessarily co-parent. They, You know, there was, like... Ever since my parents split up, there have been very few occasions where I've seen them together in the same room. Okay. Like, the last time I think I've seen my parents together in the same room was when I graduated college. But, um... Yeah, and then, like, it's just been few and far between uh, after that. But it was more so, like, you know, my dad, you know, the typical, oh, I'm gonna tell your daddy whenever you get in trouble type thing. And then my dad would be like, if I have to drive from Trumbull to give you a whooping, like, it, it, it's about to be bad. Like, shit like that. Um, so, I'm about to get all up in your business. <laughs> Tell me about... If you don't answer that, you don't have to, obviously. But I'm just trying to, like... Because grew up, obviously, differently. I'm also a woman, so it's, it's different how masculine mm-hmm. and femininity um, plays a role for me. So, for you... How did your father's masculinity help you and how did it not help you? And if your daddy gonna beat me about this, don't answer the question because Pops, I don't, I got Haitian, I got a Haitian extended father because I've been friends with Bianca for mad long. (laughs) Haitian BNT, right? (laughs) They are not. not. It's not for the week. I'm telling you. Um, I'm not, I think my dad's masculinity in it hurting me, it ended up helping. That's the way I can say it. Because like, how do I explain this shit? Um, a lot of the things that and I'm going to lump both my parents in this because it, it's sort of the same thing. A lot of the things that I get from and learn from my parents is mainly because I see the way that they move and they act. And I'm like, I don't like that. So I'm going to not do that. Um. So it's like with my dad, he's always super stubborn, never listens to anybody like my it, like if you're not doing exactly what I say when I say it and how I say it and even if you do I'm still gonna get mad at you like things like that I've never I was just like 
this dude is uptight all the damn time. I never want to do that. So I crafted my personality to be like, I'm just not going to be super uptight about every little thing. I'm not going to lose my, both my parents sort of have like a temper. So I'm like, I, I've worked long and hard to keep my anger issues that I get from them under control. So I don't like just lose my shit all the time. Just things like that. Like in, in it hurting me that it helped me because I'm just like, okay, I know how this feels from the other end. So let me not be that person. So this, this is where the conversation about Monica starts. So how does your parents interacted with each other and in regards to each other, how did those behaviors show up in your relationship with Monica and give background on a relationship with you and Monica? Cause I think that would help understand um, the difference in you taking what you learned from your parents and applying it to, so that you could be a better person. Right. Um, so yeah, I met Monica, um, second semester of my senior year, we both did a internship program and yeah, we met, it hit it off immediately, started dating like a few months later. Um, now in terms of how my parents interacted with each other, um, Because like I said, like ever since my parents split up, I rarely ever saw them around each other. So for me, like whenever I saw them around each other when I was a little kid, like I was seven, eight years old. Like I didn't I didn't have any like understanding or like I didn't know like the dynamics and relationships and stuff like that. I just knew mom and dad. Um, I would say a lot of. Um, how I behaved in the relationship was just based on based on I would say my my own experience with, with uh, previous relationships and just I would say observing other people's relationships so like my dad with my stepmom, aunts and uncles things like that because um, I feel like you don't necessarily have to experience if you can witness somebody go through a certain experience like close enough I feel like you can still learn from that so um I do think that in some ways and you know me and her had these discussions in some ways that there are certain behaviors that were like I would say subconscious that would affect me our, our relationship like a certain level of stubbornness or a certain lack of communication like things like that and those are things that you know I tried to work on throughout the relationship and ever since you know those are just like life skills you need to know you need to know how to like carry yourself and things like that but um in terms of the the relationship between my mom and my dad affecting us I would say it it didn't really from my perspective at least it didn't have much bearing because my I didn't rarely ever seen my parents in a relationship setting that I could understand right understood so do you feel like there were things from your childhood that showed up in your relationship with Monica yeah 
Like what? Um. So this is this is something that I, I'm still trying to figure out a balance with. Um, in I, general, or the balance in general, or a balance when it comes to relationships. In general, but especially in relationships. Okay. Um, I learn. I I pick out patterns very easily, and what I mean by that is this. Uh, let's say, um. Let's say um, person A has to do this thing, right? And then person A has to do this thing is due by Tuesday at noon, and they they show they they turn it in at twelve oh five. All right, whatever. It's not it's not terrible. Five minutes to give you a grace period, right? The next time I need you to do some Tuesday at noon. Once again, twelve oh six this time. But I I whatever. The next time, I need something at eleven fifty nine. It can't be noon. I need it like ASAP. I know person A is usually five to six minutes late because the last two times they five to six minutes late. I'm not gonna give it to person A. I'm gonna give it to person B. Correct. So take that example and apply it to literally everything. It's like a behaviors, like even like like video games and stuff. I, I pick up on patterns really easily, and so I. I react accordingly. Right. So sometimes it works to my detriment because I see something happening or I'll notice something. And instead of necessarily like addressing it or like trying to change the thing, I just change what I'm doing. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is like this. Let me, let me change what I'm doing or this isn't going to change. So let me just move on. And then blah, blah, blah. Um, but especially when it comes to relationships, it, it ended up um, definitely hurting in a lot of ways. Like I say, it's it's sort of like just assuming the outcome before it happens, kind of thing. Just because, like, you notice, and instead of like, like I said, acting on it and trying to either prevent or rectify or, or whatever, it's just like changing the way I behave because of what I've noticed instead of like changing what I've noticed to go along with the behavior. How I'm trying to how can other people help you with that though? Like hmm. obviously, See, being, obviously being consistent plays a part. Like the opposite person being consistent plays a part. <laughs> but like how can and not necessarily better for you. Um, honestly, I'm still trying to figure out the answer to that question. Um, that's one aspect of my personality that, um, I've wrestled with a lot, especially recently. Um, because, like I said, clarity, like I understand myself a lot more. And now that I know and understand that I do that. I more so try to analyze when I'm doing it in the moment and seeing, you know, am I doing it in a positive way or in a negative way? Um, so like if I'm doing it at work, like, oh, I noticed that these two tables are doing this 
or, or no, this table ordered this, this the last time, then I can be like, oh, would you like that? Or you know, suggest something to them or things like that. That's me noticing patterns in a good way. Whereas it's just like, oh, I notice so-and-so coworker doesn't do this responsibility, but I, whatever, that's not my problem. And then it's just like, okay, well now, now the customer has a worse experience. Now the customer is getting mad at everybody. Now everybody's in trouble. Like dominoes like that. Um, it's, just, it's something I try to identify on a day to day, so I can, you know, get the bigger picture. Like just work on it more. So. Oh, Do you think that you being able to? Like your ability to pick up those patterns, do you think that started from a child or is that something that more social place as an adult? No, that definitely started from when I was a kid because growing up, like living with my mom, um, like I wasn't allowed to do anything. Like at all. Like I was if I wasn't at home at school or at church, why? Now I mean like there's no reason for me to not be homeschooled at church, according to my mom. So, uh, after a certain point, I just stopped asking if I could do this, that, or the other thing. Or if I did ask, I would get yelled at because why would I want to not be at home, school, or church? So, I would either, number one, just straight up not ask. Or two, craft a lie so that I can leave so I can actually do something. Because that was the pattern. The pattern was, I want to do something that doesn't involve school, home, or church my mom is going to say no. How do I get around the no? Question. Do you struggle with being told no? Say again? Do you struggle with being told no? No. My my struggle isn't being told no. My struggle is, number one, not being told why. And number two, if that why doesn't make sense. One thing about me, if it doesn't make sense, why am I abiding by whatever rule or standard or precedent or whatever. For example, this is a perfect example. And I try to illustrate this to people whenever I people ask me about my relationship with my parents. There, so I have a friend, been best friends since like second grade, right? Um, his mom is my mom's best friend. So they, and they met, they met each other when around me and him were the second grade. So like, we basically grew up together. Right. Fast forward, we're in high school. I think it's like junior or senior year. Um, my friend's dad got a brand new TV. Um, it was like 20, 2013, 2014. So like um, whatever the highest definition at the time was. Brand new TV. And it was like two weeks before the Super Bowl. So it was just like, bet. Yo, like, come over. We're going to we're gonna watch the Super Bowl. It's going to be great. My dad got the new TV. It's going to be awesome. Mind you, this has been my sec- my best friend since second grade. I've slept over his house plenty of times. He slept over my house plenty of times. I have called his mom, mom, many in occasion. So uh, I say to my mom, I said, mom, can I go to Hakeem's house on Sunday? She said, why? I said, it's the Super Bowl. His dad got the new TV, blah, blah, blah. She was like, oh, no. I said, why not? And then she was just like, oh, um... You, you you got school tomorrow. I was just like, yeah, but we go to the same school. She goes, oh, well, 
how you gonna get to school from his house? We we take the same bus. His stop is just later on the same route, but like we take the same bus. He was like, oh, but you don't got nowhere to sit. I was like, yeah, dude. His bed is huge. His cart, his his couch is comfy. The carpet is really like the softest carpet I've ever seen in an apartment building before. Like I slept over his house before. I don't know why this is a problem. He's like, oh well. Um, his mom is gonna say no. He's like, no, she's the one who invited me because they got the new TV. She was like, okay, well, just no. Pure, just, just because no, and that's what made me mad. You have no reason to not let me go, but for whatever reason, you said no, so now I can't go. But your no doesn't make sense. That's what always bothered me. Like saying no for the sake of no never made sense to me because there has to be a reason. That makes sense. That makes like a lot of sense. I feel like a lot of times, <clears throat> like, and just speaking for myself, I also notice patterns in people. Um, but I notice my patterns um, not based off of the person. Obviously, a pattern it's the person's behavior, right? But mm-hmm. I notice it, and I stop, and I do certain things to avoid my own disappointment. So I'm like, yes. oh, yeah, you take it a little bit too long to answer for me, it's good. Like, even if you, you could have been working, and I'm very big on communication, so, like, I know, you could tell when someone is trying to start a conversation with you that is going to be a little in-depth. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, I, I see where this is going. Like, if you text me, like, yeah, I just really need to talk, I'm, I'm going to tell you. I see where this is going. I'm at work. You can send audio or you can text it out. Just know it's going to take me a minute. And when I, when I start to notice, like, the person is being hesitant with their answers or I just don't like the vibe that just switched up on it, I will be like, yeah, you chopped. <laughs> Good. Like, <laughs> because, I, because of that, because I, as a kid, like, my dad and I talk about, my, I'll always be open about it. I am that kid who was dressed and ready, waiting for my dad to come and didn't come. And I, it triggers me when I ask people to do things for me and they're like, yeah, I got you. And then I, they don't got me. So when I notice, like, it's not necessarily their behavior, but when their behavior mimics the pattern of my father, I'm always like, oh, yeah, nah. <laughs> you gotta yeah. go. Or I don't want to fuck with you like that. And it could, it, there's been situations where me jumping the gun like that has saved me so much pain and disappointment but there's also been times where it's been like a slap in the face so I'm like oh I should have just gave her five minutes she was really at work or she really wanted to help um but again those things those things happen from from childhood um to talk do you think I know a lot of people it's hard it's harder to answer this question because who you were as a child is obviously not who you are right now right um and I'll stem back to the relationship with your mom because I know you lived in a household with her. Were you able to cry in front of your mom and to show a softer side of yourself in front of your mom? Um, I would say no, but like, Yeah, I would say no, because 
like I said, like once once I noticed the patterns with my parents, I started like just becoming more I would say apathetic to their antics. I don't know how else to phrase that. So like whenever I was like going through something or whatever, my parents never listened to me anyway. So if I'm sad, why am I going to go to my mom? She doesn't listen regardless. Right. Like it could be something important and she's not listening to me. Like some um, my feelings? <laughs> like <laughs> Like, she doesn't listen to me about cooking dinner tonight. I'm supposed to expect her to, like, listen when I'm... The shawty broke my heart last week. Like, nah. So, I guess I never did. When I was, like, a little, little kid, I guess I, I, I did a little more, but... um, No, certainly as I got older, I was just like, you know, this is... I don't, I don't like waste feeling like I'm wasting my time. And I feel like that... It, once again, stems from my use because I feel like it, what's the point if if I'm not gonna be listened to? That's right. a waste of time. So I might as well just you know deal with myself and keep it pushing. So does that same thing? Like, did that make you not want to be emotional around your like your peers and your friends? Um, like, would you? Obviously, our relationship is not as we're not super close, but like, would you cry in front of me? You know. Why? Because we we ain't been through it like that. Like, I bet. Now, that's a good answer, but I'm just, like, I'm just trying to figure out, like, are you, with your friends, like, obviously the next question is pertaining to your relationship. So, like, are you able to, I feel like sometimes you could, uh, mommy treated you one way, your friends treat you a different way, and then your partner treats you a different way. Right. So... You weren't able to cry in front of mommy because just what's the point? Could mm-hmm. you cry in front of your your and female friends? Could you cry in front of your female friends and be heard and helped? Could you cry in front of your in front of Monica and be heard and helped? Yes. For both? Yes. Okay. So what do you think the difference was in how like your female friends and Monica treated you than mommy? And how would you Describe those experiences. Quite simply, they actually listened to me. Okay. Like, in the simplest way I can explain that, they actually listened. And that's that's literally all I've ever wanted. <laughs> like, just listen. That's it. That's it. Just listen. Sometimes I'll just be rambling and ranting. And I'm honestly, I'm so thankful for all my friends in my circle because number one, like a lot of my friends I've, I've been friends with for like 10, if not close to 10 years. I think like Monica and one other person is the only exception to that rule. But like I've known them forever and they've, they've been with me since I was even wilder. Like, so, you know, and they still they still with me now. They're still just as real now as they were then. So, yeah, that's what that's really why I, I, I value like they actually listen. And like you know, obviously, like unless unless you have truly scumbag parents, like regardless of how harshly your parents treat you, they still care about you. So like, I'm not gonna doubt that 
um, my mom still loves and cares about me. Just her way of going about it just doesn't vibe with me. If there's anything that you could say in regards like your your mental health and just how you were treated to your mom, what would you tell her? Um And your dad, actually. <laughs> Um, I've actually attempted to have this conversation with them and I, I essentially said the same thing like listen like I understand where y'all are coming from but y'all aren't listening to me you're not factoring in what I have to say how I feel how, like what what my role is in, in all of this and that's what's really grinding my gears and I've had I've tried to have those conversations with them especially my dad recently because it was, it's, when I went to Cali, it was his extended, it was his wife's family that, that was out there that I was staying with. So, you know, I tried to, you know, I really tried to make that relationship with my dad work despite our, our past history of, uh, of us not getting along and things like that. Like, I really like tried to like, you know what, my dad is my dad, but let me try to make it work. And it, it just hasn't because like it this is this is something that uh chris rock said the other uh not the other day in one of his comedy specials he said relationships are only hard if one person's working so i felt like i was the only person trying to work on my relationship with my dad and like i was trying i was giving i was giving i was giving and he 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 wasn't budging at all so you know, I was just like, you know what? Like, I, I guess it, it is what it is. And then um, I would say, I know I haven't gone as in-depth with my mom, but it's like a similar story. Like, tried to explain to her, like, you not listening. And I, I, sort, of see, I sort of see her doing similar things with my little brother. Now, I mean... Uh, she has gotten better in certain aspects, but in a lot of ways, she's exactly the same. And, you know, I don't want my brother to be, to go through sort of the same things that I did. Um, so I tried to explain to her, but, you know, like, it just, it just hasn't, it just hasn't gotten there, I guess. <sighs> Parenting is clear. Yeah. I think it's even worse where, like, I see people say it on Facebook a lot when they're referring to, like, having super older parents. Like, parenting your parent is hard. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like... <laughs> you, ain't, you ain't never lie. <laughs> it's like a, a little bit of, like, reverse psychology sometimes. Like, I have to parent my... how to parent me. Um, it's not necessarily holding their hands when it comes to certain things it's like girl you like my mom has two younger siblings and I see things that she did with me and I'm like girl don't do that like it didn't work with me it's not gonna work with them and there are times where she's very receptive of it and there are times where she kind of just has to hear it from them like obviously this new generation of kids they don't speak up which I love about them Mm -hmm. Um, 
But like my brother will be like, uh, <laughs> that's not how that works. And she'll be receptive of it where if I'm like, hey, like, that's not how it works. Are you gonna tell me I'm the mother here? So it's like, girl, you know, yeah. all right. Um, but I do think like obviously my thing to everybody is always like try to sit your parents down and talk to them. I absolutely failed with trying to talk to my dad. Um, it just I think it just has a lot to do with ego when it comes to him. But like but I was able to have a conversation with my mom a few times. And sometimes it takes having to sit down with them and be like, hey, um, this ain't working for me. And it has to, mm-hmm. it, it'll click with them eventually. Um, my fear with certain things is that, like, like it's going to show up somewhere else for me. Like, mm-hmm. it, I know, I know for a fact certain things that, happened to me as a child show up in my relationships with my friends and and with my partner I know that I see that and I try so hard to work toward that um but I just have one more question so obviously you and Monica are not together anymore yeah what did that breakup experience do to you Uh, and go as in depth as you'd like. I just, I know breakups, breakups for everyone look different, but I feel like a lot of times breakups um, play the most with your triggers and everything from like childhood. Like that, it's like, I don't know, you know the movies when one thing happened and you always have, they start like going back to them as a kid. Like I feel like breakups do that for a lot of people. So how did, yeah. like, how did that play out for you? Um, well, one, did you know that the breakup was coming? Did you feel it coming? Like, did you notice the change in your relationship? Or was it all just, like, a shock to you? Um, It wasn't necessarily a, a shock, but it was more so, like, when it happened, it was just like, oh, shit, like, this is real. And it like it took me a little bit to like adjust to that because we were together for for three years and some change. So when you're with somebody for that long and then now you're broken up, it's just like, oh, like I I'm used to being able to just lean on them for whatever. Like in even the most mundane of things, and now like they're not here right now and you know that was a really hard transition for me i will say um in terms of how it affected me overall i i think it is good to um draw a comparison uh, a parallel here from the relationship i was in before monica um this this girl i was dating in college that situation now that that situation that breakup that whole saga is what really um it catapulted me into a dark place and me fighting my way out of that dark place is number one what made me pay a lot more attention to mental health in general because i think before then i i definitely subscribed to the typical um 
notion amongst black people where like oh mental health thing is man like just get over that shit like you know smoke a blunt you'll be alright that kind of thing but because I was like in a very dark place and I you know I I considered self harm many times I was very isolated. I also developed insomnia at the time, which was horrible timing because I was awake for like two, three days at a time and still trying to like function normally. And it was it was just a lot going on. So I think that situation putting me in a dark place led me to pay more attention to my mental health and going forward. But I think with this breakup, it was more so like. It was, I was more like, obviously I was hurt, but I was more so like motivated, like, no, like you can't keep doing what you always done because this is what you're going to get. And, you know, even though like, uh, you know, we've we've both moved on in our own ways, I am grateful for that experience because it, it did help it did help with my journey to clarity that I'm at now. It, it was it was a significant boost because I, I was I was sort of I, I, I sort of understood, but I didn't really get it. And then me being forced to I would essentially say like be alone again and not necessarily like leaning on her as as a crutch sort of because I I guess. Yeah, yeah, like me not necessarily like leaning on her as a crutch, like, oh, like, because a lot of the times, especially with my, um, like my communication, my emotional intelligence, things like that, I would lean on her heavily to like help me through that because, you know, she understood me so well. So like, when I didn't have her to lean on, I was just like, oh, okay, I, I got to learn you because like now I don't got anybody else to like just use as a crutch and like to get me through it so you know I, I firmly believe everything happens for a reason you know the path that you take the path that you took to get here was was made on purpose so you know obviously nobody like wants the end of their relationship but you know I did say I can't say I learned a lot from it well that is the final question that I have for you um, what advice do you have for men of color with dealing with their mental health? Um, for men of color, and honestly, I would say anybody listening to this, because this applies to everybody, but especially us, find somebody you trust. Find somebody you can genuinely talk to. And like, just if you're going through something like make sure you have that person or those people I know for me it's not always the one person like one day it's this friend the next day it's this friend um but just make sure you have those people around you because when I don't I don't want people to be in that same dark place that I was where I I wasn't sleeping I was going through a lot personally emotionally and I was essentially isolated I, I I had no one for like pretty much a year and like I I did have friends but they all felt like surface level I didn't I didn't really have anybody and that was like the darkest time of my life and I don't I don't want to see anybody go through that 
if I if I can help it. So I I say find somebody you trust, find somebody who can who will actually listen to you and who will actually help you. Because because there are people that they just want to hear your story just so they can talk to the next person. No, figure out who your real people are and hold on to them because those are the people that are gonna get you through those dark days. That is some stellar advice. And of course, my normal advice to you guys, um, just to piggyback off what he said, find someone you can trust, go to therapy, and do the work. Heal yourself. And don't heal for the next person. Heal for yourself. Jacob, yes. it has been Yes. I just, just want to touch on that point really quick. Go really ahead. quick, because that's very important. You have, to, you have to, have to, have to do it for you. You have to do it for you. You can't do it for anybody else. And that that is something that, you know, to get a little bit, just a tad bit deeper into it, that was something that was an issue between me and Monica because there were certain things that weren't right in our relationship. And mindset was just like, I have to change for her, I have to change for her, I have to change for her. And I would change, but it wouldn't really stick. Like, you know, like I would like, I would slip back into the old shit. Once, once you have to decide that you want to do it for you, because at the end of the day, you're you have to deal with. There's nobody who has to deal with you more than yourself. That's the way I see it. I have to deal with me every day, even when I was with Monica. Like, there were days where she she would do her own stuff. I would do my own thing. I have to deal with all these thoughts in my head. I have to look in the mirror. So make sure that you are doing it for you and you are in tune with you now there are people that can help you along that way but make sure you find yourself and you hold on to yourself because that's you is all you got let's talk about it you is all you got um jacob it has been a pleasure likewise you hopefully this is not your last episode hopefully next time we talk and you are on here if you choose to come back um it's a lighter topic (laughs) <laughs> so, like <laughs> I felt the need after um, having the conversation that I had with my friend the previous episode with Ryan um, that it is important that we hear more perspective and stories and what we can do for black men moving forward um, but I appreciate you coming up here thank you thank you for having me I appreciate the opportunity to you know discuss this topic because it has has been something that's been on my mind recently that's why when you proposed the prompt i was like hmm you know i i I might have a little something to say about this yeah you you had a lot to say you had a lot to say and i appreciate it um i'm glad that you were able to practice your clarity here because i think that's something that you spoke to that was really great so thank Mm -hmm. you so and we will be in touch indeed indeed have a great day